You are listening to a live message from Gold Street Garden Church with Dr. Dominic Butler. We are thrilled to have you join us for today's message. Our prayer is that you would see Jesus clearer than ever before and your desire to know him personally would increase in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. thing about tonight that I just know, you know, when the Lord just does something really particular in your day, just daily life, did you, do you realize like sometimes like you just run into somebody and it's divine. You just start the day out. You could go somewhere and just the Lord hooks you up with a, a divine moment is, could we go around the room? You know what a divine moment is? It's just like God is trying to speak. And I really felt it in my heart for the past Past week, the Lord's been dealing with me about getting back to the basics uh, in a serious way. Like we need to be preaching power in the name of Jesus. We need to be preaching the power of the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus. We got to get back to these things because there's so much rich revelation just in those things. And sometimes, particularly church folk or people that have been in church, they're like, I want to hear a new revelation. I want to hear something else. As soon as you are looking for something new, it means that you have not truly appreciated what he has done, what he has made available. And today I was taking a walk. I was taking a walk. I, I love walking with the Lord. I shared before, like my neighbors probably think I'm crazy because I'm. by the time I get around the block one time, I'm weeping and laughing because the Lord is just so good. And I'm walking and uh, like I said, the word the Lord put on my heart was only by his spirit. So I'm walking and all of a sudden this giant pit bull, I'm talking like a giant pit bull is running at me full speed. And you have to think I heard only by his spirit. <laughs> That's all I heard. So when I see this dog running at me full speed, I'm like, Lord, is this a test? Like only by what am I supposed to do right now? I'm just like, I don't know what to do, but I know only by his spirit. This dog's running at me and it just comes up and it starts licking me and stuff. So it was it was a nice dog. And next thing I hear is I hear somebody yelling, Rosie. So then I was like, Oh, this is this is this is okay. This is Rosie. We can deal with Rosie. It's okay. This is Rosie. So she's this dog and starts following me down the street and I'm, you know, I'm trying to talk to the Lord and pray and Rosie's following me now. And, <laughs> and I'm going down the street and I'm just walking and they keep calling the dog and the dog's following me. So I, it's, I stop and I'm like, all right, Rosie, let's go back to your owner. And I'm like walking back and I'm just doing this all I'm, I'm kind of in my head at the moment because I'm praying, but I'm like, I'm got to bring this dog back. So I get back to this driveway and, you know, there's a whole bunch of cursing starts going, well, who's that effing Rosie at? Like all this stuff. Like people are just going like, you know, it's just like everybody's going a little nuts. And it's understandable. Rosie's running around. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm just like, okay. And I get back and I was like, how can I help you with Rosie? And I'm just like, the dog likes me for some reason. So let me help you. And then, and then all of a sudden this woman, one of the women, she looks at me and she's like, your mom's dead, isn't she? And I'm just like, okay, okay. I know what this is. It's called a flake. It's called somebody that's been damaged by spiritual things and thinks that they're going to try to do something here. So 
This is what you start saying. Is, is this dead? Is this dead? Because somebody's trying to give you strength right now. It's a family member. It's a family member. And I felt the, the Holy Spirit come on me. And I said, has anybody ever told you about Jesus? And I, and I, I said, he loves you so much. And I was walking down this road today and Rosie followed me down. But really, God is using this moment because he wants to touch you. I said, let me pray with you. I, I grab her hand and I start praying and her and the whole one of the family members must have been saved. She's like, that's a God fearing man. She's like <laughs> this other. And I think you kind of know where I'm. So this one woman, said, that's a God fearing man. And I, I'm not phased because I'm in the zone. But I was just like, thank you for you. And I was just I start I start praying with this woman and I start all I pray is the love of God. I start praying the love of God. If I said, if this woman knew, I, I was like this precious daughter. I'm praying that God would send me down the road this morning and this dog would lead you to this encounter because he loves you so much. And I pray the next thing I know, my shirt is covered in tears and snot. And this woman is literally on my shoulder crying. And I'm just thinking to myself, all the neighbors are like, looking like this is, but it was just such a divine moment. And the Lord, the Lord like dealt with me. And, you know, we prayed and her whole family, I was just like, all right, is any, is, let's pray together. Uh, people receive salvation right on the street. It was just amazing. I invited them the night. They're not here, but I, they're in my neighborhood, so they can't, they can't hide. But it's just the fact that, <laughs> it's just the fact that this happened and it was the Lord the things that we're going to go over tonight, I just wanted to set the tone to understand that that we try to figure so many things out. And then even in a moment of that things are going crazy, that you just focus on what you're called to do, that you can change everything in a moment of just setting your eyes on him. Amen. Amen. So I just wanted to set the tone with where we're going. And Joe, if you could, could Joe come up real quick? If everybody give it up for Joe. I, 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 I just, uh, Joe Turnbull and me go way back now. And uh, if you've ever, if you've followed on Facebook Live when we get to go live, I love being able to talk with this guy. But just to see the work that God's done in his life, I just wanted him to greet everybody tonight and just share uh, some of the things that you have on your heart going and just let it rip for a second, man. Cool, man. Awesome. How's everybody doing tonight? First, I just want to honor someone, uh, you know, you guys see you guys on video and you see my preaching and all my stuff, but I couldn't do it without my wife. She's the best thing for me. She supports me. She believes in me. She never holds me back. She's just so amazing. And she's just like, go for it. And always, always encourage me to go for it. But I just want to share with you guys real quick, a quick testimony and what's about to happen and what you're about to see, because God is about to change something and he can change the atmosphere in any moment. Sunday morning, I was in worship because I love to worship. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there and I'm praising God. And he speaks to me and he says, Seattle. I was like, okay. <laughs> What's up, Lord? Because, you know, I talk to him like he's a real person. That's how I talk. And he goes, I want you to go preach. I said, okay. You know, and I'm like, kind of like feeling it out and walk out of church. And I was like, Seattle, huh? And uh, go on my internet, you know, seeing what's up within Seattle. You guys all know what's going on in Seattle. If you don't, you know, that means you're in your Bible. That's a good thing. But you're about to hear right now what it's about. So there's this guy. He got kicked out for street preaching. 
and they beat him up. They took him out of the city of Chaz and city of Chop now. Is it the city of Chop? So it's their own nation. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. So city of Chop, they pulled him out and I just put on the, put on, put it on my Facebook that we need to wake up, you know, that everybody needs to wake up. This is what's going to be happening. This is what's going to be coming. And right away, people started commenting on it saying, Hey man, wouldn't it be awesome if a bunch of street evangelists go to Seattle? And little did this person know that I was in contact with six people from the school that I graduated from at CFAN bootcamp that, Hey, do you want to go to Seattle? And every one of them said yes. So right away, and let me tell you what happened within 24 hours of this. Within 24 hours, this is what's happened. My plane tickets are paid for to Seattle. I leave Sunday. We'll be there until Wednesday. There are 15 evangelists across the nation flying into Seattle from Bethel School, from Christ for All Nations, and from Texas, from everywhere. We are going in. The number one mistake that these people made is they declared themselves a nation. But my Bible says he will give you the nations in this earth. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you this one thing. We are going to invade Seattle and we're going to start a riot for Jesus. That's it. We're going to take territory. There's people here tonight where the devil has taken territory in your life and you need to call it back. They need to take the territory of Holiday, Newport Ritchie, Pasco County. We are called to take ter territory. I don't know about you, but my God is above racism. My God is above riots. My God is above Antifa. And let me tell you something. My God reigns. And let me tell you who rules and reigns with them. A son of God named Joe Turnbull. And I'm going to step into Seattle. And I'm going to walk on those grounds. And we're going to preach Jesus. And we're going to declare the love of God over this town. We're going to drop love bombs everywhere you go. Because let me tell you something. If you've been thinking in your head, oh, these people Antifa, man, they re you really need to give it to him if you've been if you've been speaking about justice let me tell you something real quick the blood of abel cried out for justice but it's the blood of jesus that cries out for mercy i'm believing for every antifa member to receive jesus i believe it for everyone to experience the power and the presence of god no matter who they are no matter if they're in black lives matter i don't care about any movement except the jesus movement and they're gonna get jesus when we get there I don't care anymore. I'm tired of the devil's attacks. I'm tired of everyone talking about the symptoms. Let me tell you something. It's time to start getting on your knees and start praying about the solution. Because he'll give you an area. He'll give you an assignment. And the moment you say, yes, Lord, the finances will come. The people will come. There is an army rising up right now. Right now. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you vision. We got a DJ ready to play EDM music. We're going to set up speakers. We're going to preach the radical gospel right outside the city of Chaz. And we're going inside the city of Chaz to sit down. I'm believing that we're going to be able to sit down with the leaders of Antifa. We're going to get words of knowledge, words of wisdom. I believe that we can change an atmosphere of a city that can change a nation. That's it. And you don't got to be anybody special. No one. I come from the streets of Newport Ritchie with needles out of my arm. And I walked these streets downtown and I pulled people off the streets. Many of you have been with me. What are you doing now? Who are you bringing? Where's your territory? Because there's people here tonight where the devil's taking your territory and you need to go take it back. Not in my nation, not on this earth. I don't care if the devil's the ruler of the air. It says the meek shall inherit the earth.
And I'm a son of God, and I rule and reign. And everywhere I go is God's territory. I don't care what name's on it. I don't care anymore. That's it. This is it. This is the end. This is the last cast. That's it. The last cast. I just want everyone to close your eyes real quick because God's about to release something over you that he's releasing over me right now. There's a territory he's going to put on your heart. Pray for the boldness to run and take it. Jesus, show him right now. Lord, I pray for every heart in here. I pray for the Holy Spirit to fall on every person. God, I pray for a, a spirit of boldness, courage, strength, and wisdom right now. I pray for families, God, that the devil has taken some of their family's members, God, and we claim that territory back. I claim their businesses right now. I, I claim the street that they live on right now. I claim their neighborhood. I claim their town. I claim their government right now. I claim it for the name of Jesus. Touch them, Lord. Release it. Release that victory. Release the victory. We don't pray for victory. We walk in victory. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for Dom. God, I pray for his territory. I pray for an open door right now. God, I speak to the walls of Jericho to fall down. And I, take, I pray right now for the cities to be seized. For Jesus. For Jesus. Walls of Jericho fall down around everyone's life. God, I pray release them. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Man, I'll tell you what. Jesus is coming back. What are you going to be ruling and reign reigning over when he does? That's what it's about, man. This is it. This is it. All or nothing. No more Facebook posts about problems, man. Facebook posts about solutions, visions. That's it. Man, Dom is such an awesome guy. You guys have such an awesome power. Like, I'm about to explode, man, for like the last two days. Like, I just want to let you guys know that. I feel like a bomb is going off in me right now. I just, like, don't even know. Like, what? Dude, God's going to rock people. Even here, even tonight, tomorrow, wherever you go, you're going to be like, that kid's crazy. He's going to Seattle, you know? But you're going to be crazy enough to say, I'm walking into work. This is my territory. You know, this is my neighborhood when I go on a walk. You know, it starts with little steps. I started off here in the streets, man. Started off under Dom and his church. You know, now I'm going to be going with an army into Seattle, man. You know, they messed with the wrong, you know, nation, bro. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, it's kingdom come. It's kingdom come, man. You know, kingdom come. We're going after it, man. So just keep, hey, the biggest thing is keep us in prayer. It'd be cool if um, everybody stretch their hands for it and praise. So my buddy Chris Worthington's here. Um, Daniel Kalinda thought this was such an awesome idea that he's sending us his personal videographer and sound guy. So we're going to have awesome clips. So if I could have Chris come up here, can we have everyone? He's coming with us too. This is Chris. Everybody give Chris a round of applause. He has an awesome video on Amazon with Todd White, you know, Daniel, Eric, and all them in it. He's, he's an awesome filmmaker. He's a, he's a really great guy and he's going to risk his life <laughs> to come with me <laughs> to get us on video. <laughs> Because pretty much because Daniel thinks it's going to be a good shit, a good, uh, good episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. If Columbus it, we're doing it, yeah. yeah. So, cool. Hey, everybody, why don't you stand and stretch your hands. Father, I thank you for this team, Lord. Father, I thank you for this army, Lord. Father, we just commission and charge these troops, and we send them, Lord, with the stamp 
of the victory, Lord. As Joe just said, we walk in this. Lord, I thank you for both of them and the, the team that they represent, Lord. Father, I thank you that every demonic stronghold that that Goliath of Antifa that is trying to mock, mock Jesus, ultimately mock freedom in Jesus, Lord, I thank you that he will fall. Lord, I thank you that the sword of the spirit, the word of God is so sharp that it will cut the head off of the giant, Lord. Father, we thank you that that the territory that the enemy is trying to take, Lord, we strip it back in the name of Jesus. We thank you for men and women of God that are saying enough is enough and we will preach. Father, I thank you that when they speak, that fire would come out of their mouths, Lord. Father, I thank you that you would bring to remembrance every scripture they've ever heard, Lord, and it would come out that their, their tone would be love, but their language would be truth, and that it would come out with such, such it would land everywhere they send it, Lord. Father, I thank you for signs, wonders, and miracles. I thank you that every time they try to raise chaos there, Father, I thank you that another sign and wonder will be performed that just humiliates their rhetoric, humiliates their mockery. We thank you. We thank you for the testimonies that are going to come forth. In Jesus' mighty name, the church said, Amen. Amen. Oh, well, I think this goes without saying, but how many of you all would like us to get uh, Joe and Krista back to, to share about how that goes when they get back? When they get back, we'll let them have... And Krista, it is so good seeing you, by the way. So good seeing you. So we'll let them rip the whole night when they... That would be awesome. Wow. I'm already blessed. I had a friend that always said, he's like, you're blessed, I'm blessed, let's just go home. It's like... <laughs> but there's more. Isn't that amazing? I love, I love when we have corporate worship and like all of a sudden it's over and I'm like, what? What just happened? Like, you know, it was like, a, it was just, it was just like this, but it, time actually went by, but something and the Lord was just like melting my heart. Like, and it was like, I, I'm weeping, I'm weeping, but I'm, I'm smiling. I'm like, my, when, when the presence of the Lord comes on you, your emotions get really confused because <laughs> your emotions don't know how to handle the presence of the Lord. And it's like all this, all this thing start happening. And I started realizing the Lord spoke this to me. And I want to share this. This is just a quote the Lord gave me during worship. And I just really believe something I want to share in the moment that every failure he turned into a victory because the cross rewrites history. I want to say that again. Every failure he turned into a victory because the cross rewrites history. And I started thinking about it in my own life with the enemy. And even as you were just hearing uh, Evangelist Joe just share, you know, it's one of the things that we got to realize that, you know, all the mistakes that I made before I knew the Lord, like when I was, you know, snorting cocaine, when I was tripping on shrooms, when I was doing all the things that I, you know, wanted to do and all this stuff that once I came to the Lord and I realized that that wasn't him or whatever. I actually, the devil could have kept that as, as just guilt and shame against me. 
even as I serve the Lord, he gets said, but you remember who you were. You remember. But the thing is, is I realized that that wasn't who I was. And then I took those failures and I put them on the altar. And once I put it on the altar, it allowed the devil to no longer have access to my past. Because I realized that even my failures in the past, that because I'm bringing them as an offering to him, that no longer is there guilt, shame, and condemnation, but now it's a victory. And when I talk about it, there's the anointing on it because I'm free from it. Amen. Do you see that? And, you know, and it's just like it's so powerful because even the thief on the cross that he turned to Jesus and he said, will you remember me in paradise? This man lived like a heinous sinner his whole life. He's on a cross being crucified for crimes he did commit. He's being punished for what he did commit. He's on the cross and he looks to Jesus and he says, will you remember me in paradise? And Jesus said, yes. And all the work the devil did that man's entire life, that he was about to die and the devil was about to take him, Jesus in one moment turned every failure of that man's life into a victory. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to take the people in our cities, the people that are all around, that they're failures, that they're, they're, that's why they're, that's why they're trying to find themselves on Facebook and on Instagram and on the news. They're trying to find themselves through all these things, not realizing there is a void in their heart that can only be filled by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lion and the Lamb, the beginning and the end. It's Him. Amen. And we have to get that. But the thing is, is that you can't convince people with your own words, with your, you know, I can only be a good minister if I know more scripture, if I know more of this. Do you know him? Because if you know him, that's all you need. Because it's not by your intellect. It's not by anything, but it's by his spirit. Amen. So open up with me. Go to Zechariah. I want to see how long it takes everybody to find that. <laughs> Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. It's a very popular passage of scripture. I'm just going to read the latter part of it. You ready? Not by might. Everybody say that. Nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I think we need to say that again. Not by might. Nor by, power, nor by power, but by my spirit, by my spirit says the Lord, the Lord of hosts. I'll tell you what. Did you know the first time the phrase, the name, the Lord of hosts is used in scripture is Hannah. And if you're familiar with Hannah, there was a, a man named Elkanah and he had two wives and Hannah was one of them. And Hannah, Elkanah, they Hannah's the one that gives birth to Samuel, which is the prophet for David and the prophet for Saul, great man of God. But Hannah, her name means grace. Hannah means grace. And the first time the word the Lord of hosts is used, which if you don't, under, if you don't know, the Lord of hosts means the Lord of armies, angel armies. Do you know when people get freaked out about the devil? You know what you need to realize? is he's outnumbered in general. And just so everybody knows, you, when you don't ever, have you ever, ever heard somebody say that 
Satan is the opposite of God? That's a false statement. Do you know why? Because they're not even on the same metric level to even be compared. Do you see that? Like, Satan's not the opposite of God. He's the opposite of the archangel Michael or the archangel Gabriel because they're on the same level. But God, there is no one like him. You can't even say somebody's the opposite of him because it's impossible to be the opposite of infinite omnipresent. You know what I'm saying? Omniscient. He is incomparable. But even on top of it, there's only one third of the devils that fell from heaven, which means there's two thirds. And even when you read in the Old Testament, one angel could destroy a whole nation one angel so you you take your devil stuff (laughs) and you realize that i'll tell you what he is so powerful he is so and he the devil's stirring up so much stuff he's a he goes around like a roaring lion but he's really toothless. I like to say he's undefeated. He has no feet. He's disarmed. He has no arms. And he is in a kingdom of darkness. So he is blind. But he can see if you give him your eyes. He can talk if you give him your mouth. He only has authority where you give it to him. And you know where he gets that authority? From your soul. We're a three-part being. Read about in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that we have a body, we possess a body, we have a soul, but we are spirit. And it says only by spirit that when you give your life to the Lord, your spirit comes alive. It's like Clark Kent going into a phone booth. And you come out and you are super Jesus you are super man there's there's something that took place when you gave your life to Jesus it was a spiritual stick of Holy Ghost dynamite went off on the inside of you and the devil wants to do whatever he can to convince you you are not a child of God that has power that can do great things right now not later right now it can happen it can happen but it's not by might it's not by your ability And that's why we are failing in a lot of, that's why the church as a whole is failing in a lot of reasons because they think if we have enough programs, if we can accommodate the people, make sure every little thing is all right, if we can, if we can brand it right, if we can brand these things, God doesn't need any of that. He just needs a people that say yes, a people that say, send me to Seattle, a people that say, send me to the places where the gospel has been preached. God just needs a yes. He doesn't need your abilities. He's the one that gave them to you in the first place. So getting back to Hannah, Hannah, she loved her husband, Alkanah, loved him, but she couldn't have children. But the other wife was busting them out. <laughs> like she's having children every day. <laughs> if it was, you know, I'm definitely facetious there. But it's just a fact. She's having multiple children. And Hannah, Elkanah actually loves Hannah more than the other wife. But Hannah is heartbroken because she can't give the one she loves a child. And the Bible says, just so everybody knows, it says the Lord is the one that opens the womb. And Hannah went before 
the Lord. And she didn't pray no nice prayer. She got down and she cried and she wept and she said, I just want to give my husband a gift. Lord, if you give me a child. And she cried. And the high priest at the time, who was he was a he was a character. You can read about that. He had sons and couldn't even discipline them and things like that. He's supposed to be a priest. It's a whole, whole, totally different story. But the thing is, is that this high priest says, woman, get out of the temple. You're drunk. Why would he think she's drunk? Because she is so poured her soul out to the Lord and just has gone to such a place. And then the high priest is just like, all right, get out of the temple. The Lord will give you what you want. He's not even like in the, sp- he's, he just wants her out of the temple, but says what the Lord wanted this guy to say. Because the Lord will even use people that aren't, because it's not about the thing. It's about what God wants to get done. So this woman she was able to give her husband a child. And it was Samuel, the prophet, who had a great thing. But in the, here's, and Samuel's name means the Lord hears because her grace's prayer, Hannah's prayer. But when I say, the reason I bring this up, because it says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And the first time the, the word, the, the name the Lord of hosts is used is when Hannah is crying out for something that she can't make happen. She couldn't give her husband a baby. But the Lord heard her prayer, and she was able to. And what we want to do as a church is, I believe a lot of people here, we want to do things for the Lord, right? We want to give him something. We want to we do something. But God is saying tonight, I want you to do something for me, but it's bigger than what's in your head right now it's bigger than what you're thinking because i don't want what you can give me i want what only i can get in you and through you it has nothing to do with what you can just do it has to do with and this is where we're going tonight there's just three things i want to go over they're very simple relationship everybody say relationship Relationship. his name his spirit it's so simple right so simple to get this and i want you to see so say this again not by might might. nor by power but by my spirit spirit. says the lord of hosts i want everybody in this room to know that god is taking you to a place he's taking you to a place where the next level is only going to be by his spirit by his spirit. Do you want to believe that with me? Because the thing is, is that when things start happening by his spirit, what happens is intimacy goes to another level. Because the reason it has to be by his spirit is because he's trying to develop a trust in your heart that you don't make decisions based on how much money's in the bank account. You don't make decisions based off the, the expert's wisdom. You make a decision based off go off peace that's on the the inside of your heart which is an umpire it says in colossians it's the umpire it makes the final call this the thing about knowing that it's only by his spirit is that does everybody know the lord loves to correct do you realize a lot of people don't like correction (laughs) it's true and you know something the lord revealed to me recently and i've shared with a few people 
is that if you read the Gospels, you'll find that Jesus, we talked about Peter last week. Jesus disciplined so many disciples out of all of his 12. He would discipline Andrew. He would discipline Peter a lot, right? Called him Satan. Could you imagine the one that you're going to entrust to preach your gospel just turned around and said, get behind me, Satan. Doesn't say a little later, Peter, you know, I didn't mean to say it that way. You know, you're really great, bud. You know, I just, I just, you know, didn't have the best pizza for lunch. And, you know, I just, it just kind of have, you know, it had nothing to do with that. He just said, get behind me, Satan. He dealt with James and John. He would correct him and rebuke him. Do you know the first time Judas gets called out? John chapter 12, first time his name gets mentioned in a rebuke, next chapter he's, he's betraying Jesus, selling him out. It goes to show that God doesn't even know, or I, God does know, but God finds out who is really in it for it when they can handle rebuke. You don't know who's really in it until they can handle rebuke, handle correction, because Judas, first time, Betrays him next chapter. Betrays him next, like, in, in, you know, there wasn't even chapters in the Bible next day. So it's just kind of seeing what the Lord wants to do. And one of the things we were talking about last week with understanding where Peter was at with just Peter says, I will never deny you. In John 13, he says, I'll never deny you. And I want to show you something that's amazing. I was sharing this a little bit, but if you turn with me to John chapter four, or actually 13, and go down to verse 36, which we were there a little bit last week, but I'm just going to start reading. You can catch up. Verse 36, John chapter 13, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Does anybody ever feel like you've said that before? <laughs> God, what are you doing right now? Where are you going with this? Like, I'm feeling a little bit lost here. Has anybody been there before? Like, Peter's asking an honest question. Where are you going? Do you know why he talked that way? Because Peter was Peter didn't get taught through models and through classes. He got commissioned with this statement, follow me. So... This is how he learned how to walk with the Lord. Where are you going? You want to be a true disciple? That's the question you should be asking. God, where are we going today? Where are we going today? And then this is how Jesus answers. <laughs> be, be watchful when you ask the Lord where he's going, because, you know, it's not butterflies and rainbows, okay? It's, you know, it's like... <laughs> Jesus' answer said, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now but you shall follow me afterward. And then you go. It says, Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. This is what we talked about last week. But here's the thing is right after Jesus says this to him, Jesus says, you will deny me. Do you know what the very next verse is? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, hear this out. He wasn't just talking about a mansion. He was saying, Peter, with your own strength, your own might. Remember what we said before, not by might, not by power. Peter's saying, no, I love you so much. 
that I will never deny you. I will do all these things. And then Jesus says, no, you will. But I'm going to prepare a place, not a mansion in heaven alone. I'm going to prepare a place called the new heart that dwells on the inside of you. I'm going to prepare a place that the Holy Spirit will come and dwell. And in John 14, 23, you read down, what does it say in John 14, 23, same chapter? Jesus answered and said to them, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Somebody's got to get this tonight. Do you know that God and Jesus have made their home within your heart? That the Holy Spirit has cleaned house in you. That you are now a temple for the Holy Spirit to dwell. That Jesus went to prepare a place called the new heart so you could walk free from guilt and shame. Walk and you can make the greatest difference right here. How many people do you want to stand before the Lord as Joe was alluding to before? Do you want to stand before the Lord one day and have nothing to give? You know, one of the biggest lies of the enemy is to realize when you give him everything, when you give God everything, you don't lose anything. You got to hear that again. When you give God everything, you don't lose anything. You know how many times you see Abraham, give me your son whom you love. He gets ready to do it. God says, no, I got it taken care of, boy. And on top of it, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. I'm going to do. So every time God requires everything, you think the devil tries to make you think you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. But they, we serve a loving father. And you, so many people are on, they're looking like they're about to jump off a cliff, but it's a mirage. It's a mirage of the enemy. There is no risk with faith. I don't think a lot of people, because we think that I'm taking a risk. If the Lord told you to do it, it's the safest place you could be. It's actually, ask Jonah. Ask Jonah what it's like to not obey. It, it, was, it was way more of a risk to not listen. He ended up in a, 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 a fish's belly for three days. And he came out still with a stinky attitude, probably because he was in the fish's belly. But it's like the thing we got to understand the safest place to be is where he's told us to be. And I believe that this body, you're about to start getting told to go into places that are not going to be ooey gooey feelings in the flesh or the natural but there's going to be the peace of God that rests on you when you are preaching and ministering in places that are so crazy even your whole family could could be just like coming at you right now and they don't even serve the Lord and you're like what's going on right now but the peace of God is resting on you and, and you've been called to this moment to be an example to be an example of who he is he loves you so much and the thing is the only reason people aren't serving Jesus and Minister Roy Field said this last night when I was talking to him. So good. He said, if the and we know this, but sometimes we just need to hear it. The real reason people are sinners is because they don't know how much he loves them. That's simple. If they actually realized how much he loved them, and that's where we come into the picture. We can't love people in our own strength. Because our own strength, the love of the world, think about this, the love of the world is acceptance. But the love of the Father is the power of his acceptance leads you to repentance. 
The world says, we accept you. You can stay the way you are. But the father says, I never created you to be that way. And you don't even, people think standards are hate. People think that standards are a hate crime. Not realizing that the standards that the Lord have set reveal your actual identity, who you are. Do you know why Jesus is important? <laughs> it's because he reveals who you are. When you look into his eyes, you see yourself. You see your identity. You see your purpose. You see what God really wants in your heart. You follow me. So that's why relationship is so important. Everybody say relationship. relationship. I, want you, I want you to hear this quote. Intimacy with God reveals the impossibility of life without him. I'm going to say that again. Intimacy with God reveals the impossibility of life without him. The closer you get to him, the, I don't know about you, the closer I get to God, the more I think, how did I live yesterday? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like I get in the secret place and I start loving on him or I see where he comes through and I'm like, how did I even function a week ago without knowing this? This right here. How did I make that decision the other day? Oh, that was your grace helping me. You made up for where I was being stupid. You made up for where these things are at. But when I see that, I don't just say, I'm going to continue to be stupid. I say, thank you. I received that correction. I received that, Lord, help me with your grace to live a little less stupid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what repentance is. Lord, help me live a little less stupid than I was yesterday. Help me to represent your kingdom. I'm going to say that again. Intimacy with God reveals the impossibility of life without him. Whew. Speaking of relationship, and I just, like I said, the Lord's just doing, I, does anybody sense it, what I'm sensing? Like, you have to understand that when, when the word starts going forth, and it's the spirit of God, the spirit rests on the word, and it fills the atmosphere, it fills what's going on. It's changing hearts right now. People's lives get changed. This is not just hearing a motivational speech. This is, what the, that is, that is, like, if I ever am stuck doing that, you know, just somebody tell, somebody shoot me or something like i'm like i don't want to ever just be motivational speech what i want to speak the word of god i want the word of god is alive and powerful a motivational speech i don't need to feel better about my life i need to know his life i need to know who he is that's why we have to understand the truth is offensive we said the most offensive scripture in the bible is john 14 6 I am the way, the truth, and the life. You want to talk about offensive? Jesus like, no, that way is wrong. No, that way is wrong. I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to the Father than through. No, Muhammad, no. Food, all these things. But here's the thing that we need to realize, and we, we as believers need to know this, that Muslims, they believe that they're serving God. They do believe that. And, you know, God sees that and he's going to use us. He's going to use believers to wake them up. Amen. Do you believe that? Muslims are not the enemy. They, we need to know that they, they need to hear and God will wake them up. Amen. Amen. We got to get a burden for people in different arenas and cry out. When you, you know, so many times people are like, you know, I just don't know what to pray for. 
What do you mean you don't know what to pray for? Have you looked at the news? Have you looked at, what do you mean you don't know what to pray for? What do you mean? Do you know sometimes, is anybody like me where sometimes if, if like for instance, like human trafficking has been something that's really taken a hold in my, my heart. So all of a sudden, as soon as I have a thought about it, I say, Lord, I thank you right now that judgment is coming to people that are, are playing around with that stuff. Lord, I thank you that victims are going to be getting rescued. And not only are going to get rescued, they're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're going to go back on those same streets where they were sold and preach the gospel. That's how you got to get. Don't. And I'm not trying to. I don't want you to take this the wrong way. But so many people are just like, I need God to do this. I need God to do that. And he, he sees that. But I'm, I'm telling you. It's way more than that. It's way more than that. There are people that are dying that are going to hell, and you know who Jesus is. To die is gain. To live is Christ. If you're going to live, don't live selfishly. What a robbery. To live for yourself, go after him, and he'll take care of things for you. When you, has anybody, can anybody testify that when you start going after what God says, that the things that you don't, sometimes you're not even asking God for things. And all of a sudden he's just pouring money into your bank account. He's just loving on because you got your heart fixed on what's on his heart. Amen. Amen. The woman with the issue of blood, you can, you know, we got to, you got to get these stories in your heart. The woman with the issue of blood, this woman in the Bible, she said that if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. Did she, she spent all of her money on doctors and on things. And this is what she said. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. And you know what she did? She didn't say, Hey, I need, I need your help or I need your help. She just said, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And she was on a mission. She didn't care who was in. Did you? And you have to understand that. Uh, oh, uh, Jay Iris. Jay Iris, who was taking Jesus to his daughter when the woman with the issue of blood came. Jay Iris was a was a Pharisee. And the woman with the issue of blood, if she was caught out in public in her condition, she could be stoned to death. But she wanted Jesus. She wanted Jesus. It's about relationship, everybody, that you don't need. We, the thing is, is we love fellowship and we love. But the thing is, is if you want to rock this world, if you want to make a if you want to do something for God, if you want to, you have to have eyes that are for him alone. You have to say that I don't care what they're saying on the news. I don't care what the reports have been. I need Jesus. And if I could just touch his heart today, if I could just minister to him and let him know that how much he means to me, that, Lord, I'm not just trying. I don't I just don't want to worship you a little bit. So I get a new car. I don't want to worship you a little bit. So I get an opportunity. Lord, I want to stay here for another hour because of what you've done for me. Lord, let me just minister to you. Let me, let me just come before you right now and just say thank you. Lord, don't ever allow me to be a minister that's confident in a preaching gift. Don't ever allow me to be in a place where I say, I got this. Not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit. That Jesus paid the price to put the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Because here's the thing, the disciples... 
Think about this. These 12 knuckleheads, one of them betrays them. The one of them's denying them. They're all scattered. And Jesus says, I'm going to use these men to change the world because I believe in the Holy Spirit. And that's why I'm going to die on this cross. That's why I'm going to shed this blood so I can take the spirit that's been leading me as a man on this earth, put it on the inside of every individual that follows me, and they are going to be unstoppable. And what happened when in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit fell and Peter, who was denying earlier, is now standing up preaching, preaching. Uh, and he didn't have a sermon ready. He had the Holy Spirit on the inside of him and he started ministering, speaking. And you know what he said at the end? He didn't know, he didn't know what, like, he was having a service and he didn't even know it was a church service. He's preaching, he's preaching, and he's like, Everybody repent and times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Because he knew, Peter knew how many times he had to repent. And he knew that every time he said, Lord, I missed it, that the Jesus would take his hand again and say, come on, Peter, you're made for more than this. And Peter, you, you, we, I helped you catch all these fish. I've helped build your company. I've helped do all these things for you. But guess what? One day. You're going to hang on a cross. Room gets silent, right? Why? Because we love to hear about the God that wants to bless us. But it's important to realize, Jesus said, before you follow me, you better count the cost. There's a lot of believers that are in it for the blessing alone. And it's important that we realize that God is a loving father. And he actually, you can make the choice you, that that's something you don't want to do. And he loves you. He's still where you're at, but there is a, there's a reward for those that get to a place. And what it is, is it's you, you lose love for yourself. Because as we, Nick said earlier, if you've truly died to yourself, what does it matter what happens with your life? Amen. And even parents, what, what example do you want to set for your children? This is how you do it. Go to this college, you go to this, or do you want to show them, we just followed him. We just followed him. And because we followed him, there's never been a day that I felt depressed since I called him Lord. There's never been a day because my, my feelings aren't tied to my circumstances, but my spirit has communion with the Holy Spirit daily. And as soon as I breathe my last breath, I'm just walking through the door to glory. Amen. Blind Bartimaeus. These stories of faith. What did blind Bartimaeus do? He starts saying, son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody tell him to shut up. Jesus is walking. Give him some peace and quiet. Son of, and they keeps, keeps going. But the thing I love about this, and the only thing I want to bring up is, what does Jesus say to him when he looks? He says, what do you want me to do for you? I love R.W. Schambach. R.W. Schambach said, uh, <laughs> this is so funny. There was, he said that, he says, I can't stand it when people jump in my line and say, I said, what do you want God to do for you? They're like, anything he wants to. He says, I love when they say that. He says, Lord, kill him. And then they say, no, I don't want him to do that. You see what I mean, boy? <laughs> when you stand, when you stand before the Lord, he wants to know 
what you desire, what you want to see. And what happens, the more you follow Jesus, your desires fade away and his desires grow in your heart. Because what does the Bible say? He will give you the desires of your heart. It's not that he will give you the desires that are in your heart. He will put desires in your heart. Amen. And some desires that you have had, even from a young, they were actually put there by God. And you'll find that out. The Holy Spirit will reveal those things. I'm not trying to say that, you know, the Holy Spirit reveals those things. And it's amazing. But uh, it's just important we see. So everybody say relationship keeping it all about Jesus, keeping it all about Jesus. So I wanted to just share these only these two things. And we'll probably go into more elaboration with this. By the way, Pastor Mark, once again, I want to thank him and Kingdom Life for hosting us here. This has been such a blessing. I actually, Pastor Mark and I finally got to grab some grub. We've known each other for years, but never were able to. And it was, it was, I, was, I was so blessed to be able to just talk with you for a little bit and have some Cracker Barrel. It was great. But one of the things that, that happened that I really want everybody to know is like the Lord's been dealing with us about going. We're having major. We're going to be having major impact. And by the way, this coming Monday, everybody say this coming Monday. We're hitting the streets. We're hitting the streets. We're hitting the streets. You know why? Because we got to go bring, I don't, here's the thing. I want everybody to know, I don't want people from other churches coming here and telling me all their, the, the things that they think should happen. I want to go get the sinners out on the street and build, uh, build the biggest thing that God has seen on this side and just allow the church to just be, let them be all the prostitutes. Let's go find the drug addicts. Let's go get them uh, because other churches, you know, we were uh, yesterday when we got to have a meeting talking about with human trafficking the pastor that runs this operation he said that the, these victims they try to go to church services and the pastors won't even let them in the door the majority of churches not us and i, I want everybody to be prepared if you if you want to be along with the ride with where we're headed there's gonna be times you're gonna see some people and it might annoy you a little bit it might get on your it might be something to do get under your flesh a little bit. It could be those things. But I'm here to tell you, I, I love sharing this one story about Heidi Baker um, with Bill Johnson. Some of you have heard me share it before, but it was so amazing. If you know Bill Johnson and Heidi Baker, Bill Johnson was uh, going to minister at a at pretty much a conference that Heidi Baker set up on foreign fields. And Bill Johnson's going to minister and he's just standing there and there's this lady next to him that is just going like singing completely off key really bad. Like she's not leading worship. She's just standing next to Bill Johnson and Bill Johnson's getting ready to minister. And this woman's just going like, how great, like, just like, just like making a mess out of it and just kind of going. And Bill Johnson's like thinking in his head, he's like, this woman's pretty annoying. Like, this is like a little, he, there was actually two girls standing next, younger girls standing next to that woman singing. And he, he gave each one of them 20 bucks and said, good job. <laughs> just just tolerating that woman he gave him each twenty dollars and said good job tolerating that Heidi Baker walks up to Bill Johnson and gives him this huge hug and he said she says to him isn't that woman amazing and Bill Johnson's like yeah yeah and he said that woman just last week was delivered and that she had been prostituting herself for 30 years and that she had all these things and she laid everything down at the altar and she's just been praising God every day and singing out to God. And all of a sudden, Bill Johnson's like, I don't think I can preach today. 
<laughs> you know, he's getting ready to get up and minister, and he's just being like, oh, my gosh. And we have to realize the church in the American culture, it's like it's got to be a nice little cookie cutter. Everybody come in, sit down, 45 minutes. All right, you've went too long in worship. Get out. Come on. We've got another service going. we got things going like that. Where can God be God? Let him have his way and his people. And then what we need to do is if we know it's really having an impact on you, you can't keep, you can't keep quiet. I need to go out tonight. All the, the, the gas stations in close proximity to this place. The devil should be so scared if anybody has to stop and get gas on their way home. You know what I'm saying? This is what it's supposed to be like. It shouldn't be. Wait till next week. No, every day he is worthy. And that there is a word that the Lord has placed in your heart. And you need to preach it. You need, it's a relationship. Amen. Everybody say his name. You guys good? I was just making sure. His name. Whoa. What does the Bible say in James 4, 7? submit to God and resist the devil and he shall flee. There's a lot. Once again, everybody say, not by might, not by, might. Not by, power, not by power, but by the spirit, by the spirit. says the Lord, my spirit. Lord. And one of the things is that so many Christians try to resist the devil in their own strength. They try to say, I'm not going to screw this up again. I'm not, I got to serve God. And they actually have good intentions. It's like Peter not trying to deny. Like, I, I'm not going to do this. But they don't realize that that's not the equation is resist the devil. What causes you to resist the devil is your submission to God. Because if you're not submitted to him, you'll submit to him. Submission is unto him. And your submission to God is how you resist. How did Jesus deal with temptation in the wilderness? It wasn't just him quoting the word. That is definitely part of it. But the thing was, is that you, you have to understand what the word meant to Jesus. He was the word and he knew the word was life. So when the devil tried to speak death to him, he reminded himself of what life was by speaking it. He would speak the word and what the devil, he wasn't trying to retaliate against the devil. He was reminding himself of who he was. And because of that, he was able to resist because he was already submitted. Even when he was weak, his flesh was weak. But here, his name, I want to just sh share these two things and just stay with me. Are you guys good? The Spirit of God is, is doing something so special. So just focus in because I know that we can get distracted by different things going on. I know the Lord is about to do something so big in your heart. Some of you have been tired. Some of you, you know, had a long day. But the Lord wants to do something special right here. And you, your flesh can ruin it for you. Do you know that? Your flesh can ruin a moment that God wants to do something so special. Somebody's life could be changed forever tonight. Actually, if we all yield, all, every time we enter the presence, our life should be changed forever. And we live in his presence. We walk in his presence. But when we corporately come together, there's something special. So 1 Corinthians 2.16, if you're taking notes, you don't have to turn there. It says we're to have the mind of Christ. Does everybody know that when you become born again, you actually have access to the mind of Christ? Isn't that amazing? How many people think about that on a regular basis? The mind of Christ. I encourage you to. Amen. That's amazing. That I have the mind of Christ. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think is the first thought on his mind? obedience to the father 
When you have the mind of Christ, your first thought is, what is he saying? It's not some, a lot of people think that because you have the mind of Christ, that I can, I have all this wisdom to do all these different things. When really the mind of Christ was just, what is he saying? Just being completely in tune. And I want to show you this. I think it's important to read this. Go to Philippians 2. Say his name. Hallelujah. That wasn't good. Everybody say that again. His name. Do do you understand how much power is in that name? Come on. Somebody's got to understand. Do you realize that that is the only name under heaven by which men are saved? That name. That name. It should never come out of your, off your tongue without thanksgiving, without just gratitude. This name that when I say it, when I speak it, when I yell it, I was, it was awesome. You were sharing it even earlier. How many people have yelled his name lately? I'm talking like, Jesus! I think when you look at the news and stuff lately, doesn't anybody feel like that's a pretty normal thing to say for a believer? Like, Jesus! It's only by his spirit. It's only by what he's made available to do this. So Philippians 2, verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So let's talk about the mind of Jesus, which is about his name. Did you know that a name represents a character? One, like I could just say somebody's name and everybody's going to have a Donald Trump. Everybody is going to have different thoughts around the room. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That name. You just say the name and everybody will think a certain way. You know, Barack Obama. You just say a name and everybody's going to have thoughts around the room. It's going to go because that name is attached to the character. So I want you to hear. Remember when Jesus says, If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Can I change it for you? If you ask anything in my character, I'll do it. Do you see how that changes the prayer? If you ask anything in my character, I'll do it. But some people just use the name of Jesus like a a genie spell and wonder why it doesn't work. Because the name's associated with the character. Amen? So when you read this, you got to get it. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself. Everybody say humbled himself. You know, and I just want to share this right now. And I feel like it's fine. I'm going to just, if you have to go up and give somebody a card to let them know you're in ministry, just stop. I just want to share that with some people. I just feel like, I, uh, you know, it's like you got, you shouldn't have to make known. God lifts up the humble. He promotes the humble. And there are so many people that don't realize. And, I, and I'm just saying, even on my home, the Lord's dealt with me in that time. There was times that you try to get an opportunity. Like if I can just get in the same room as this guy, if I could just say something, if, if he could just, if somebody could just hear how talented I am or see what I'm saying, Jesus humbled himself. And that's, and I want to, the reason I'm making such a point on that is because he said he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. You see that verbiage, even the death of the cross, the most humiliating way to die. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. Everybody say highly, highly. Exalted, exalted him 
Why did he highly exalt him? Because of his humility. And what got the devil's butt kicked out of heaven? Pride. Look at me. Look what God's doing in me. Let me tell you another thing. Let me tell you this. Let me What? Let God promote you. Let God lift you up. Because when he does it, it's by his spirit. Not by might, not by power, but his spirit lifts you up and he will showcase you because you are revealing his son, not your gifting. Not how special you are, but how amazing he is in you. Oh, this is good. People are getting, this is good. So, and what did he give him? He gave him the name above every name. So if you want authority, To work in your life, you need humility. We talked about this a few weeks ago. The spiritual authority is not to impose self-will. It's to manifest his. Spiritual authority is not to impose self-will. It's to manifest his. And that's why the name of Jesus in your life only has as much power as you've submitted to the name. You're submitting to the character of Jesus. He said, my yoke is easy. Take of me. Learn of me. For my yoke is easy. My burn is light. It's learning from this name. It's his character. That the, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Can anybody get in agreement with me over that? That tonight, sickness bows to the name of Jesus. Depression, every knee. Everybody, does everybody see? Is there any qualifier there? Is there any condition? Every knee has to bow. You have to understand all the devils in hell, anything that has come against you, there's coming a day that if you don't teach those demonic spirits to bow now, they will bow eventually because when he is revealed and the, the trumpet sounds, you understand the glory that every knee will bow whether they want to or not because his name is that powerful. If you won't humble yourself, his name will humble your face. He will, let's put it this way. You either humble yourself or his name will pumble you. If you are left standing when his name, it's not a good place to be. And there's plenty of warning signs with that, which leads me to the last thing I want to say in closing. This is something on my heart and I do, I want to I want to open up, just allow the, the Holy Spirit to move right here. But I just want to, if, you're, if you are taking notes, I just want you to know, when Paul said in Galatians 2.20, what did he say? He said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is I who no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. But the thing that's been so in my heart lately that I want to share with you is the reason why we need the presence, the tangible presence of God. Does everybody know that you can experience his presence? That that's what, that that's like, I truly believe that we're coming into more of a time again where this is going to happen in more, it, it, it is happening, but it's going to start happening in masses that where the God is destroying the celebrity spirit in the body of Christ. It's not going to be about this man, this woman. It's going to be, it's going to be our worship, our loving on him, that there's going to be such an atmosphere created. There's going to be such an environment created where he is welcome and people are going to come in and they are just going to get 
completely rocked by the presence of God. They are going to know that he is there. They're going to sense it. And the thing about this is I want to just throw a couple of these scriptures off to you. Revelation 1.17, when John saw Jesus manifested, he fell like a dead man. Do you know what that's symbolic of? That when you get into the presence of God, your flesh can't handle it. So, if, and I'm going to say something a little strong. If you can come into the presence of God corporately on a regular basis and go back and be okay with everything, something, something's not right. Because the presence of God starts knocking things off your life that should not be there. It just starts happening. And then you even see what happened when Paul saw, saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. He fell off his horse. Because, but you know what's so powerful is every time you read these, and it's in Ezekiel, it's in Daniel, every time these men of God, they would fall in the presence of the Lord, you know what would happen? Is somebody would pick them up and speak the word to them because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That when you try to do things on your own strength, you will fail every time. You will fail every time. But his spirit is taking us to a new realm, I'm telling you. Right now, I'm prophesying over people's lives right now. Right now, I thank you that family members that are so far away from Jesus, Lord, we call the prodigal sons and daughters home in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that those that have hearts for the Lord, Father, I thank you their businesses are going to another level in Jesus' name to be a huge platform for the gospel. Lord, I thank you that drones of income, drones of finances are coming in to the church and not so the church can have nice services, but so that the church can start saying, government, you tried your best, but the church has taken over. You know what I'm saying? The church has to go to another level. Lord, we cry out right now, just like Hannah. We're hungry. We're hungry. Just begin to cry out to the Lord right now. Just like blind Bartimaeus, tell the Lord what you want him to do for you. Tell him, tell him, Lord, use me to preach your gospel to my neighborhood. Start there. Find a little Rosie in your neighborhood, a dog running down the street. Preach the gospel to somebody. Tell somebody about Jesus. Let it break your heart. Go to another level. Lord, I thank you. There's people in this room that will travel to foreign lands where the gospel has not been preached. Lord, I thank you that they will go into environments that are difficult to preach and they will see it's not by might nor by power, but by by my spirit, says the Lord. Father, I thank you that you awaken us. Awaken us. Get us out of our little comfort zones of just thinking. Lord, help us to go to another level of glory. Help us to get to a place where we're not relying on bank accounts, not relying on what the experts have said, not relying on anything but Jesus. Father, I thank you right now that for people in their businesses, that the lines of income that they have, Lord, I thank you that you are going to increase the availability in their schedule to do ministry, to do great things. But here's the thing that I hear the Lord saying is that in your work fields right now, the witness has to go to another level. If you want more availability, then make availability for him everywhere you're at right now. 
Lord, I thank you that there would be such an increase in boldness in everyone here. Lord, Father, I thank you that even people up here that think they're bold for you, Lord, I thank you that you're about to turn it up to a whole nother degree. Lord, I thank you that when they start ministering, when they start speaking to co-workers, when they start speaking to strangers, it's going to be just like an amber of fire, an ember of fire just coming out that they are not even going to recognize who they are. They're going to go into the bathroom after they minister and look in the mirror and see the eyes of Jesus staring back at them. Lord, I thank you for increase in all of their lives with surrender. Right now, Lord, I thank you for the wisdom to surrender areas that are wasting their time. Lord, I thank you you would give them wisdom to see the areas where they are wasting time and that they would learn to invest it properly. Lord, I thank you that they are not going to have to find opportunity, but opportunity is going to be in the eyes of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that the only door they need to look for is the door himself. Lord, I thank you for your precious people here tonight. Just be, I thank you for the love of God marking them, marking them right now. Just receive, just receive. It's so important that you understand that ministry is just allowing him to be him through you. That's all it is. The more you are surrendered, the more powerful he will be. <laughs> With what the Lord's minister and Job, would you pray for all of us? Would you pray for all of us? And I particularly pray for Pray for boldness to step out on the things that God's calling us to do. And I, as you are, this is somebody that you heard him testify tonight. And where this testimony goes, he's stepping out on it. Just awesome, man. You guys are just faith-filled people. And I know that because right after we prayed, and you guys stretched your hands out and prayed for me. I got a phone call and I went outside. And uh, a pastor in the Seattle area of a church of 600 people, all African-Americans, are meeting tomorrow about teaming up with us to go hit the streets. So you guys, you guys got it. You guys have it, man. You guys have the faith. So I'm just going to pray that for fresh vision. You have the faith. You have the word in you. You have a great pastor. You have everything that you already need inside of you. And I'm just going to pray for fresh vision to come upon you and to burn you and that it just doesn't leave you. And you're going to have dreams tonight of places to go and people to meet. And it's just going to be amazing. And I'm just going to pray that God releases what's already inside of you because, man, it's powerful. So, Lord, I just uh, I pray for every every person here, God, every child of God, every son, every daughter. God, I, I release, God, what you've already put on, God. I activate it right now in the name of Jesus, God. Giftings you've placed, God. Lord, I just pray for a fresh manifestation, God. The things that they used to do in the past that they'll come to fruition, God. All the old dreams and old visions, God, Lord, that the places we were disobedient, that you were so merciful, God. Lord, I just pray for that quick, obedient heart, God. But I pray for fresh vision, God. I pray for fresh vision for Gold Street Garden, God. For Pastor Dominic, God. For every remember for the whole congregation God fresh vision for fathers God for their families right now in the name of Jesus God I pray that every father with their hand raised right now that you give them fresh vision 
God, for their families, God, fresh vision for mothers, God, for their children, God, on discipleship, God, in the home, Lord. I pray for fresh vision over families, God, and businesses, God. Give them wisdom and strategy, God. Wisdom and strategy from above, God. And I thank you, Lord, that we don't need to know all the step, God. We just need to know the first step, that you work out everything for the good of people who love you. Lord, and everyone in here loves you, and I know they love you. I see their hearts right now. God, you are with them. God, and I'm so excited for the testimonies that are going to come from their life. God, and when I come back here, they're going to tell me great testimonies. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Hallelujah. Love you guys. I thank you guys. Thank you, Pastor Dominic. It's awesome, man.